Welcome to the Back Row Ravens Show, where we talk all things Baltimore Ravens. From player news, rumors, and even fantasy football expectations. And now, your hosts, Bob and Blake. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Back Row Raven Show. I am your host, Bob Miller, and I have my co-host here with me, Blake Ramey. Ramey, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, but uh, not not because of the Ravens, man. It's been a tough week, but uh, yeah, I'm ready to get in this show and get a lot off my chest. It's been a t- it's been a tough week and tough weekend to digest. Yeah, man, we've got a lot to uh, a lot to go over, and and I almost thought about maybe just for one time and one time only, you know calling this show the Ravens rant or something like that because I felt like that's what we were going to do but I looked into it and I think that's already taken so we can't use that (laughs) Um, so we're gonna have to stick with a back row Ravens show for tonight Um, but yeah we've got a lot to a lot to get into man it had it it was a tough weekend Um, you know today was the trade deadline and and there wasn't really any activity at all, which was extremely disappointing. We were all kind of refreshing Twitter all friggin' day, um, and four o'clock hits, and there wasn't jack shit that really happened. Um, so you know, let let's kind of start with that, man. There was no activity today at all, but I was kind of hoping the Ravens would pull the trigger for a wide receiver. I was hoping for maybe a a Mike Williams. Um, you know, uh, the the Titans made that trade yesterday and, and got the corner from the uh, Chargers that we were kind of eyeballing. Yeah. Um, I, that was disappointing. For a sixth-round pick, man, I'd have thrown him a sixth. I mean, that's a, that's a former All-Pro right there going for a sixth-round pick. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was, that, that was a little disappointing, especially going to the Titans, one of, uh, you know, definitely a uh, – an obstacle in our way to uh, get where we want to be. Contender, so. yeah, we'll see. We'll see them in a few weeks too. Yep, yep. And I, um, I'm see, looking forward to that because I think we're going to put the hammer on them. I, uh, uh-huh, I, I really, wait. really do. I really, and I, God, I can't stand the Titans. Anyways, well, having said that, no, no trades really happened today. Nothing major, at least. But there were a few. Um, Trades that didn't happen, so it, that you know teams ended up cutting some of these players like Jonathan Joseph, Vic Beasley, um, even Dante Pettis, who I know you just absolutely love. Um, oh yeah, because <laughs> like, well, I, I, I want to justify this because I don't hate Dante Pettis, but it's, I mean I have I have a friend who's a Niners fan, he diehard can't stand this guy. So I mean I, I see why he doesn't like him. He, I guess he really lived up to the hype. He had like a decent rookie year and then. Just he, he's not a consistent dropper, but he drops in the clutch moments. And I feel like if you're a Ravens fan, considering what we went through last year, I mean that's a, the last thing you want. Like he's good at returning, and he has like nagging injuries. Like I just don't think that's something you traded for. And considering, I mean Kyle Shanahan cannot stand that guy, mm-hmm. so he was he was bound to get released because I I mean clearly no team wanted him. Clearly. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco traded up in the second round to take him, you know, had high hopes for him. Uh, you know, if you're a fantasy football player and everything, you, people would roster this guy and hoping that he was going to do something. But, man, after that rookie year in 2018, he hasn't really uh, done anything. He hasn't produced at all. He's had some injuries. He's had some turnovers, fumbles, and whatnot. San Francisco just uh, couldn't find a, a dance partner to uh, take him, so they just cut yeah, him loose. I do want to say this because I have been a – advocate of trading for a wide receiver since last year when we thought the wide receiving core was the problem and it still could be but man like after this past weekend and i know we'll get into that later but seeing how some guys stepped up i mean it it makes you think like is the wide receiving core the problem so i mean yeah we'll get into that later but yeah you know we we will um because i think that uh yeah, yeah, we do have some stuff to yeah, say about do. that. We do, but, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's let's uh, let's get into some Ravens news, some of the newest uh, newest headlines lately. And and listen, all Ravens fans knows that uh, Marlon Humphrey has come out, and uh, you know he's got COVID nineteen. I think he tweeted, "I've got the Rona," <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny and everything. But uh, he's been ruled out for the game this weekend against the Colts, but. You know, kind of the big question mark is 
the people that he's had contact with on the team is, you know, how many players is that? Like, you know, seven, I believe, and seven of them. So I mean, in there, it's it's if it, if people haven't seen the the list, it's Patrick Queen, L.J. Fort, Malik Harrison, Matthew Judon, Tyus Bowser, Terrell Bonds, and Deshaun Elliott. So pretty much our whole defense, like for the most part, like that's yeah. some serious. De- like our whole middle linebacking core is pretty much gone right there. So. I mean, what the um, so how they would be able to play Sunday? They can't practice all week, but if they pass five straight days of tests, they can play Sunday. But even with the without a week of practice, it's going to be tough, especially for a guy like Terrell Bonds, who is just really diving into the season because he's been been called upon. I, I mean, I don't even think he expected to be playing against Pittsburgh, let alone, and then he's going to be playing against Indianapolis, because Indianapolis is no slouch. Like That's going to be a tough one, especially without some of these players. Yeah, they're 5-2. and two. I mean, they've... Uh, I, don't, I don't think Phillip Rivers really scares anyone, and we'll get nah, into that. Nah, nah. We'll get into that here in a little bit with the preview of the of the Colts game, but regardless, yeah, that's a, that's scary. I mean, like you said, I mean, there's a, there's a legit threat that we may be missing some of these players on Sunday. But the fact that they can't really practice, I'm sure there's they're going to be doing their own uh, Zoom stuff and and and, and doing yeah. things online to prepare. Um, but yeah, yeah, that this is this is a situation to definitely monitor, and I'm going to be watching this closely all week. I don't, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. But uh, yeah, we're playing a five and two team, and um, Baltimore's coming off of a a shitty shitty game, and um, yeah. And it, make, and it makes you wonder because, I mean, it's only Tuesday, and obviously with the COVID protocols, it's pretty hard to bring in a guy. So I feel like if we would have brought in someone by now, we would have already done it. So I really wonder how Harbaugh, like how serious he's taking, like, for example, Terrell Bonds, who, I mean, if he doesn't play, considering Marlon Humphrey's already out, our four active corners for this weekend are supposed to be Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, Terrell Bonds, and Khalil Dorsey. But... If Terrell Bonds, I mean, we only have three active corners. So, I mean, at that point, are you thinking about bringing in? I mean, I, right now, I don't even know who's on our practice squad. But are, are you th- are you thinking about bringing like a Brandon Carr, like a Jonathan Joseph who just got released today? Because I mean, there's a serious hole there. There was a hole there before the Pittsburgh game, considering the Avert injury and the Tavon Young injury. But now, with the the Rona for however long it lasts in Baltimore, we we got a serious hole here. I'm giving Dwayne Starks a call, Chris McAllister, right, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, Ladarius Webb's gonna get a call. I'm, I, you know, I don't Sanders. know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Ed Reed's got a game left in him. Some, Come on, some now. Roll? Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. So you know, no, you know, all jokes aside, this is serious. Um, I hope that no one else on the team gets it. Um, you know, first and foremost, just for their health and their families that they're going to be around, but. <clears throat> if something does happen, this is going to be hard um, because, yeah, I mean, we know what Patrick Queen's, uh, you know, was brought to the table. L.J. Fort, <laughs> that's a man. Malik Harrison, Matt Judon, Tyus Bowser, Deshaun Elliott. I mean, and, and Bonds, who uh, it's, that's that's a scary situation to say the least, you know. And you pile yeah. and you pile that on top of the Ronnie Stanley injury, you know, him being out for the year. We don't really have to get into all the details on that. Mm-hmm, I mean, he man. tore some pray, ligaments, man, broke pray for it. Ronnie Stanley, man. That that one was a tough one to watch. You never like to see that. That that was hard. That was very very hard to watch. I, I will I, say, I'm glad he got his contract. And I, like, obviously, it, it really does suck because you pay a guy so much money and then he gets hurt. But I will say, just for his financial security. Just as a fan and really as like just a, a human, I'm so glad he got his money and he got locked up because that's that's a tough break for such a talented player, man. That sucks. Hey, I'm glad he got his money too because that means we don't have to worry about left tackle, you know, for the near, you know, for the next several years. Um, we'll be glad for him to come back next year. He should, yeah. you know, they're saying all everything points to him coming back perfectly right. healthy. Um, so yes, yes. Unfortunately, he escaped it because I mean, for like some injuries, like. The way it looked, he'd got taken out from the back. So, I mean, that could be – I mean, luckily it wasn't an ACL or an Achilles. Luckily it was just a clean break with some some ligaments. And hopefully – I mean, luckily he's young too. He has youth on his side. So he should be back fully healthy, ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. And then you got Tyree Phillips. Um, he, he's been placed Tackle on Lamar. the – Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's been placed on the IR, so we're missing him for the, at least the next three games. Uh, you know – I do – I honestly, like – 
Okay, I like I never like to see injury, and I feel so bad that this guy got hurt. But I'm not obviously I'm more worried about Stanley than I am Phillips. But I mean, right when Macari stepped in there, like we looked better in a sense. Like the running game was thriving when Macari stepped in there. So I'm not too worried about that. But Stanley, man, that hurts. But I'm more worried about the depth. But Powers, I'm not sure why Powers isn't getting involved. I don't get it. There, there's, there's got to be something there where he, maybe he's not um, healthy or in shape. There, there's something that's got to be going on there. We need, right. to, we need to dig a little deep and find yeah, out what's do. going on. Um, so with all that being said, let's let's recap. Let's recap go. this this oh. game, this disaster. Because I'm going to tell you, Pittsburgh did not beat us. We beat like and okay, because I, I feel yeah. the same way. And I interact with so anybody many that fans. watched anyone that watched the damn game knows that Pittsburgh okay. Steelers fans know that deep yeah. down. Listen, the Pittsburgh's a damn good football team, a damn good football team, and um, you know I'm not taking anything away Mm-mm. from them. I'm not, no. yeah, but they should be counting their lucky stars. You know, Baltimore just shit the bed. Baltimore choked in that game and uh and and gave one away we we did what we could to lose it with you know with the assistance of the freaking referees but uh yeah and and look we we were playing damn near our worst football and i don't know if you checked twitter after that game but raven's twitter is was literally and it still is like it's a it's a it's crazy right now like people calling for greg around being fired and i'll be the first one to say i'm this is my opinion. I think Greg Roman caught a perfect game. I thought he put a really good game. Do I think he could do better drawing up plays for Lamar and just better pass design overall? 100%, but the turnovers, man. The turnovers. Yeah, yeah, and we're about to get into that because I want to start. Let me take a deep breath. All right, I'm going to take a deep breath here. I'm going to kind of calm down a little bit because I'm going to start (laughs) off. I'm going to start off with a positive here in this game, all right? I'm go- you know, we're going to do a little bit of the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to this game. And let's start off with the good because there is, there's quite a bit of good in this game. Um, the, our rushing attack, man, Gus and J.K. tore oh, it up. Tore we, we were, it up. We were calling for it for weeks, and this is why. Like, no disrespect to Mark Ingram. We all love him, but this is what we were looking for, and this is just a preview. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is just the beginning against – I mean – I think everyone kind of had that thought in the back of their mind that, like, okay, this is Pittsburgh and the number one run defense in football, and this is kind of a, like a tough start to really – because Dobbins, this is really his first game getting a uh, majority of the workload. And against Pittsburgh, against T.J. Watt, against Cam Hayward, it's pretty tough. But, man, he came in there and delivered and looked like a star, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, Gus looked very, very good as well. He played a great game. I mean, he had 16 carries for 87 yards and a touchdown – um, so a great, great, great game, especially if you're playing fantasy football, you know, he mm-hmm. puts some fantasy points up for you. Um, but the same thing with JK, I mean, JK Dobbins, you know, he had 15 carries for 113 yards. He just looks explosive. And as a matter of fact, I mean, if you really, really want to look at it, um, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, JK Dobbins right now, halfway through the season, he leads all running backs in yards per carry at 6.7. He leads the league in yards after contact at 4.2. And missed tackles forced per touch, he leads the league in that as well. Yeah, I saw that. That was the stat I had seen. And that, I mean, I think they provide such a great mixture and they complement each other so well because everyone knows Gus Edwards being that bowling ball, that downhill runner, and he's just, he just tough. And then Dobbins provides you that nice, he just attacks the outside, but he doesn't go down. He's relentless, and I love it. They're, they're so, God, they're, but we, we, we have a gold mine in the backfield, man, I'm telling you. And Justice Hill, I was hoping he'd get some carries, but it just didn't happen. But oh, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I wanted to see Justice at least. Uh-huh. You, know, you know, he's been sitting around watching football. <laughs> you know, I wanted him to get a little, you know, he, he came in in some plays. Yeah, um, he was there. I saw him on special teams. Yeah, and, he, he didn't get a touch, though, and, and, and that's fine. I mean, we, we love him. You know, we, we're going to see plenty of him next year, I believe. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that running game looked really, really good. I mean, Mark Ingram, uh, we miss him. Um, but, you, you know, Mark Ingram's kind of like the in-between of Gus and J.K. You know, he's 
you know, Gus is that, like you said, that bowling ball. He's that that bruiser, that punisher. And Ingram is slightly underneath that. Like, he's not quite that, but he, you know, he's kind of a, a cheap version of that. J.K. Dobbins is that lightning. He is, he's got that burst, and, and he's a home run threat. And, you know, like I said, Ingram kind of fits in between those guys of what they can do, you know. Um, we miss him. We, we miss that depth. But I'm wondering if he misses again this week, if he misses this game, when he comes back, you know, is he going to be coming back to possibly more of a backup role? Is he going to, you know, is his carry going to diminish and, uh, you know, Baltimore sees what they have with Gus and J.K., you know? Well, and like Dobbins, everyone knew that he was going to be good. And I will say, like, it, it's kind of criminal that he wasn't a first-rounder because he, he really did have first-rounder written all over him. And, I, I mean, just my personal opinion, I thought he was the best running back in college football. He was. And I didn't feel there was a chance he would slide to us at 55, but, like, man, we, we really struck gold. And, he, and I, personally for myself, like, I was happy for the pick Look, going back into April, but I really, because I didn't expect it. And I was like, okay, well, we are, we're already kind of loaded at running back. And, and I'm, a, I'm a huge Gus Edwards guy. I love him. So I'm like, I hope it doesn't really take away from him. But, man, we got a steal. We did. A steal. We we definitely did because I think he's better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I, I, feel I think he's better than Jonathan Taylor. Yep. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift. It's, uh, it's like you're watching a like a like a better Ray Rice. You know what I mean? It's it's very similar to Ray Rice. Like that's what I feel like I'm watching sometimes. Not just the number, but how they play. They're both like small. They can break tackles. They can break loose. They make plays. It's awesome to watch. You know, I can't put like a a, a, a player comp on him just yet. Um, you know, with the twenty seven and the Ray Rice comparison and everything is it, it that's cool. Um, but I think oh, this guy, yeah. this guy, I, I think J.K.'s faster. I think he's he's oh, quicker. Oh, he hundred um, percent is like better than a player Ray Rice ever was. But it's just like I don't know what the ceiling is for this guy. Like I don't you know, you know what I see. Be. You know what I see in him. Like if you want to do a player comp, uh, a guy that I see in him that I see he de- he's going to develop into the, the best player comp I can I can come up with is Ladanian Tomlinson. I like that. I do like that. I th- right when you, you know, think he's down, he's not down. He he can fight for extra yards. I like him a lot, man. Yeah, I think years. LT. I think LT is a, that that's that's pretty out there because LT was a friggin' stud. Um, but that's what I see when I see J.K. is I see a Tomlinson comparison there as of right now. We'll see what happens. He puts on more weight, you know. He maybe he loses a step by doing that. But yeah, I guess we'll see when when we get there. But let's talk about some more stuff that was good in this game. You know, I'm getting a little happier now. You know, talking about yeah. what we have here. Willie Sneed. You know, welcome we back, go. brother. That's, I mean, that's what we were looking for. And. Willie Sneed, we've seen it early in this career. We saw it in New Orleans, and like obviously he was playing with Drew Brees. But I think, well, personally, I can speak for myself. Like I felt he was capable of doing this, and I never wanted Willie Sneed off my football team. But was he able to be a wide receiver two, or is he a wide receiver three? And I think that he proved that he can be that wide receiver two guy. He, he balled out, and I don't know. I, it makes me happy, especially in such a high-magnitude game. And I just hope to can, like, uh, he can continue to just string on performances like this because it's going to be big for him, especially going into his contract year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, they I think they extended him. <clears throat> excuse me, they extended him next year. Did they? Because well, I, I thought they were talking about releasing him, and I because he was I guess just extra cap, and I guess we're trying. Well, I've seen a bunch of different names, and he was one of them. But I mean, he well, keeps yeah, doing he this. definitely could be a, a cap casualty next year, uh, along with someone like Ingram and even maybe a Brandon Williams, but, um, yeah, they did extend him. I think it kind of opened up some cap space for this year or something. I'm not a hundred percent. Maybe we'll go to uh, McFarland and uh, find out there. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think he looked good. He, he, he played a nice, nice game. I really wished he to come down with that pass. Um, here, here's my opinion though. I don't, I don't know if I would call that interference cause I didn't think that was pass interference on that last play. Um, and, and a guy wasn't really trying to hit him in the head. Um, they, they talked about that an awful lot. I, 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 I don't think I would have thrown a flag on that play. What's your thoughts there? 
Um, I felt for, for, for the last play, man, I think if it wasn't the last play of the game, that play gets called. I don't necessarily believe it was a, a penalty, but, I mean, not everything, obviously just from watching this game, not everything that happens on the field is a penalty, according to these refs. So I just think these refs in such a high magnitude game, it's the Ravens-Steelers, the last play of the game, man, if they would have thrown that flag, you know how much turmoil there would have been on that field? And just on Twitter and just the fan reaction, it would have been crazy. I don't think the refs had the guts to throw that flag. Well, I think that, um, like, when you watch it in real time, when that play happened in real time, I thought, holy shit, where's the flag? Um, I really, really did. I mean, everyone watched that play and thought, oh, that's interference. He got a defenseless receiver. I mean, you could come up with all kinds of different things on that play. But when I went back and watched the replay on it, man, I just think it was a good – I just think it was a good play. I really, really I, do. I think um, I wasn't even really upset about the P.I. call. I was more upset about the Cam Hayward going down, and we don't get that extra 10 seconds out on the clock. Like, we're dealing with 8 seconds compared to 18 seconds, which is a – I mean, if someone doesn't think that's a, a world's difference, it is. I'll mm-hmm. tell you, it is because, I mean, that, that allows you to maybe throw outside the numbers and put yourself on, like, the 15 – you're within the 20. So it just gives you a better shot at the end zone because – with eight seconds, they obviously know we're going to fire to the end zone. So, man, it, it, I, don't, I hate to blame it on the refs because I don't want to be that guy and that fan, and I don't want to discredit such a, a great football team. But that was that was our game to lose, and we let it go. And we honestly, we deserve to lose 100%. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and you, you said you don't want to be that guy and you don't want to blame the refs, but give me a few minutes when we get into the bad and the ugly because I promise you I'm going to be blaming the refs for some yeah, shit. I got, oh, yeah, I got you. So, so you know, and another good thing that we had, you know, Patrick Queen. I mean, Patrick Queen, is, oh, I, it's like I fall in love with him all over again <laughs> every week. And uh, man, I hope he plays this week. Please pass this test, Patrick. Please. That dude is just yeah. yeah. I'm telling, dude. I don't know what was a bigger steal, Patrick friggin' Queen, or or J.K. Dobbins. Holy shit, man. Man, I'll say it, and I'll admit it. And I was wrong. I was a hundred percent wrong because for months and months and months, I was. You wanted Murray, didn't you? I was the biggest Murray guy. And don't get me wrong, Murray's no slouch, but we got our guy. We got our guy, 100%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, he's, he's we did. Because so, I've, I've been trying to get more into film and watching film. He's so fast to the ball. It's almost, like, sickening. How, like if I was playing against this guy, man, I would be sick. He's so fast to the ball. And I think one thing with Baltimore linebackers we've had historically, they've been very good at run support, but the pass coverage has always been kind of lacking. And he gets better every week. Like I can, see, I can pull up like two PBUs he had from this past game. He, I think, what I love about him so much, and really just the mentality of this team, is when they do bad, they're all about getting better. Just going and getting better, admitting their mistakes, and going to get better. I love it. Love him. Yeah, I just love that. I don't care. Whatever play is going on in the field, he's involved. Oh. He's he's in there some, somewhere, oh, okay. man. He's <laughs> making the play, or buddy, he's right there to make it. You know, I, that's what I love. He is just he's a dog. Oh, I love him. I love him. So, yeah, Patrick Queen had a had a great game as well. I mean, the stats really don't show it. He had like three tackles. I mean, the stats didn't show up, but man, he was just phenomenal in that game. And you know, I'll give an honorable mention to Miles Boykin because. Uh, I've been pretty uh, rough. Man. I've been pretty <laughs> rough all, on hey, him. Hey, we all have. And I actually want to – I'm glad you brought him up because I was just thinking about an idea, and I was at, I was just at work, and I was getting ready to leave. But, I mean, I'm thinking about the Ravens all day. I, that's just who I am. That's how I operate. Yep. So how do you feel about Miles Boykin potentially going to tight end? Like maybe not even this season, but next season. Just how do you feel about that? Ah, oh, Wow. That's uh, it's it's just it's just a different question, but like it's just something I was thinking about. Like he's two hundred twenty pounds, he's six four, so what do you put on like ten pounds? And, and I feel like if you're not maximizing his potential at wide receiver, you know who he reminds me of. And I mean, obviously this is way off topic, but like he reminds me of Darren Waller. Like that's who I feel like he could be at tight end. Not obviously Darren Waller like, but just how they would play. You know, man, I've never thought of it. But I'm not I'm I'm not opposed to this because I, he he would have to put on some more weight. Yes. Um, and he'd have to learn how to block. 
um, as far I mean, you know, he, blocking completely differently. Right. Yes. You know? Exactly. Right. Because it, he already gives you a, that good blocking pass, but obviously he's blocking corners and safeties. But now he'd be blocking defensive ends. So. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I do like the idea. Um, yeah, yeah, that that would be very, very. I mean, Baltimore was trying to pick up a tight end. I'm, yes. I'm extremely surprised they didn't acquire. I thought they were going to get maybe Chris Herndon or maybe uh, uh, what was it, Jacob Mc, uh, uh, oh, Jacob Hollister, yeah, Jacob Hollister out of Seattle. Um, I thought maybe we would grab one of those guys um, because we really want to go back to that that offense that we were running last year and having those two tight ends and having those threats, we really do miss Hayden Hurst and what he brought to the table. And I could have, I don't know why in the world we didn't pick up anyone. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, thinking about that, that miles Boykin would be very, very interesting. Now, if he's open to it, that's a whole different thing. He could be completely closed, closed off to that idea too. Right. But so. I feel like if, for as long as he's in Baltimore, I mean, I don't think he would hurt. Oh, I don't think it would hurt to go. Just, I guess, try it out necessarily. Just because, I mean, what's he run a four-four, damn near four-three. So I think it just gives you a whole different way to maximize his speed and just his potential overall. Because clearly, we're not getting that from his uh, from the wide receiver position. So I mean, yeah, we'll see. I, it was just an idea I had. It's an interesting thought. You know, it'd be uh, that 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 was interesting. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing whatever happens with him, you know, down the road. That could because that could be a possibility that they could be. They probably already thought of it. You know, be honest. So that was the good. Are we, are we ready? Are we yeah, ready? that was the good. We've got the good out of the way. I'm gonna try and uh, you know keep it together here because we're gonna here get we into go. we're gonna get into the bad. Oh man. We're gonna we're gonna start with the bad here, and we're gonna start. With Lamar Jackson, we're gonna start there. Yeah. A rough day for Lamar, and the media is eating his ass up. They're oh he sucks, and heaven forbid that Lamar has a bad game. Oh he's zero and six against uh, all the top teams. Are in the you know when the you know when it's a prime time or yeah I mean whatever the hell kind of big time game they say it is. He's zero and six. And he's, you know, 27-1 and one against everyone else and whatever. You know, listen, he, he had a bad game. I, I'm not going to defend him for the most part. He was 13 for 28 for 208 yards. But, man, he threw two awful, awful interceptions and, had two, and he lost two fumbles as well. That's a shitty game. So and he well, and he owned up to it too, man. He owned up to it. He said, "This is on me." He knows. He knows if if he hadn't have thrown that pick six or some of those fumbles, man, we would have won that ball game. Look and look, I am one of the biggest Lamar Jackson defenders, one of the biggest fans there is, and I will go to bat for this guy any day of the year. But stop treating him like he's Russell Wilson. Stop treating him like he's Aaron Rodgers because he's not. He's twenty three. No one has their mind together at 23. It's just not what it is. He's a great player, but there's bound to be the struggles. Every player is allowed to struggle, and it seems like we were talking about it before the show. The only guy that's not allowed to struggle in this league is Lamar Jackson. It makes no yeah, you, sense. Yeah, you know what Aaron Rodgers was doing at 23? Sitting on the bench watching Brett Favre play. Peyton Manning didn't get his first playoff win until 26. Yeah, like, yes. Listen, oh, yeah, man. but he can't, you know, heaven forbid he has a bad game because, you know, he's a running back. He can't do this. He can't do that. Um, he had a he had a bad game. He had, he, you know, that. It, it is what it is. Like, it, look, Russell Wilson, he just played a horrible game against Arizona and threw his game or threw his team out of the game. It, it happens. They're quarterbacks. It happens. It's football. End of the day. And it was a rainy game. It was wet. I mean, there were some things there. I'm not making excuses, but you know, it's funny because a lot, a lot more people kind of shit on Lamar this year, or, or they're doing it right now because fantasy football plays a big, big part in it. Oh, oh, you know, how many people have you seen just off the top of your head, just that say Lamar is not uh, not putting up the numbers that he did last year, you know, statistically? I see it all the time, and it's not true. It's very false, actually. Absolutely it's false, but the reason why people are saying that is because they play fantasy football. And last year, no one was putting up fantasy points like Lamar was. Holy cow. You know, Patty Mahomes is putting up some pretty big-time points, but, dude, Lamar was just on a whole other planet last year. Well, guess what? 
Russell Wilson's that guy this year. Kyler Murray's putting up crazy points. Dak Prescott was putting up crazy fantasy points before he got hurt. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is doing Patrick Mahomes things. So you had these guys, and oh, wow, Justin Herbert now is putting up crazy fantasy points. So people are taking that in consideration, and they're like, oh, Lamar's not putting up as many points as them, so he really sucks this year. No, that's not the case. Not the, oh, man, people and it, the ignorance is so disgusting to me. Obviously, he didn't play a good game, and the turnovers were about as ugly as they get. They were horrible turnovers, and going back and watching the like where he, where he could have went with the ball, it makes you it makes you want to hate yourself. It, it it hurts to watch because you, you love this guy so much, but it's it's bound to happen. I'm not gonna sit here on Twitter all week and crucify the guy. I'm just not gonna allow it to happen. There's a difference between critiquing the guy and then just being a hater, man. And, it, and it's very clear who hates the guy and very clear who wants the guy to succeed, man. It's really sad. It is. People are considering Pittsburgh the best team in the NFL right now. Um, I wouldn't put them there. I think probably the best team is, is Kansas City. 100%. Um, man, if Seattle had some more defense, they would be in that conversation. Um, but – Baltimore dominated Pittsburgh, and we gave that game away. We lost that game. We gave it away to them, um, but we dominated that. The, the better team, I mean, Did I think, Re- what was it, Rex Ryan said it or something? You yep. know, the better he, he, team. He hit the nail on the head. Yeah, he the better team lost that game. It, and look, Steelers fans, man, there's no convincing them, so that's why I just don't put it out there. But I'm telling you, Thanksgiving, you will see a whole different and if Lamar like I said I don't like to be that guy because I don't like to make excuses but it's the truth if Lamar doesn't throw those those turnovers and commit those turnovers I mean like Bud Dupree got to him and then those two ugly interceptions if those don't happen we win we win that game pretty convincingly I mean going into the hats it was 17-7 Ben Roethlisberger had admittedly what what was it 24 passing yards it was 17-7 because we had a pick six right like what the second or third play of the game like it wasn't the offense like it wasn't their offense scoring their defense scored for him and then Lamar's turnovers ultimately led to 14 points so man it 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 hurts yeah that that interception at the beginning of the second half where he kind of floated it over uh thought you know and the guy dropped back and and made the interception and then you know Lamar not securing the the football Uh, you know the last fumble toward the end of the game uh, you know I'm not really not yeah we don't we're not going to hold that against him because he was just trying to make that play there was really you know I mean yeah that wasn't like a crucial crucial thing so Regardless, Lamar had a bad ball game, and and the thing is, is you know I'm very optimistic for for Thanksgiving night because I know we are better than Pittsburgh. I easily and I, I, mm-hmm. and if we can just prevent those turnovers, not not turn the ball over, we're gonna whoop them, and we're gonna whoop them bad. I, I'm and looking forward to. I want to say this now: we have a better defense than Pittsburgh. There, I said it. I said it. And Absolutely, maybe, we maybe do. not maybe not pass rush, but a overall defense. Our defense is better. You can pull out any analytic you want, statistic you want. The Ravens, if you can't watch that game and see that we're a better defense, man, you're lost. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, our secondary really puts us over the top there. Oh, I yes. think our defensive yes. line is is, is great. Um, our our pass rushing is phenomenal, and now we've got Yannick Ngakwe. Um, and then, yeah, we don't have to talk about our secondary. Mm-hmm. I mean, our secondary is second to none right now. So, and maybe that's just me looking through purple, purple glasses or something. But um, yeah, yeah, we mm-hmm. uh, we we I, I, we have a better team than Pittsburgh, and we're gonna show it Thanksgiving night. That that's all I can say about man, that. Thanksgiving Thanksgiving is gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be a long couple weeks until Thanksgiving, man. Because yeah, I'm ready for that yeah. game. Yeah, and, and and I'd like to see some more out of Mark Andrews. He t- he he disappeared, and um, yeah, and we. Th- I, I don't want to blame it all on Mark because there were. Uh, <sighs> I guess uh, you know we'll get into yeah you know what we'll go ahead and get into this because I, I'll segue into Hollywood Brown's tweet. You know what's the point in having soldiers? When you don't, when you never use them, never, you know, his tweet that he, uh, you know, took down shortly thereafter. 
that's kind of where I am with Mark. You know, he got a few targets, but I just don't think we're throwing the ball all over the damn place. But who the hell are we throwing it to? Because Mark wasn't getting very many targets. Hollywood got like two targets. Uh, did you see? Was there somebody there that we were throwing to that I can't remember? Well, I I seen that Pershing. He was the target on the. I mean uh, Sneed. I guess Willie Sneed. You know Sneed and and honestly, Sneed should have had more targets, or because he he was obviously the the hot hand, and that I I went back and watched some of the film, and I'm only in the uh, the first quarter right now, but on the pick six, Sneed is wide open, like. And it, like I said, I had mentioned this earlier in the show, I, I'm one of the biggest advocates and had been for trading for a receiver. But it starts to make you think, like, is it on the receivers or is it on Lamar? So it, it's tough and it's a because I can pull a video right now and you got to understand Hollywood Brown or Hollywood Brown's frustration to a T because I just posted a video, I think it was today, of Hollywood Brown breaking loose about maybe five or six different times that probably could have been touchdowns. And he was either overthrown, out of bounds, just it wasn't a, a good catchable ball, should I say. And it, it has to be kind of frustrating because he knows where he is at and we know where he is at. But you know the box score watchers will look at the stats and be like, oh, well, Hollywood Brown just clearly he just wasn't uh, – he's not uh, worthy of being the first receiver off the board as he was. So – and Mark Andrews, man, I just oh, – he you would think him and Lamar had that uh, – that, that connection, he really didn't have a horrible game, if you're being honest. Like It was three catches, 32 yards. But you expect more out of a, a potential top three tight end, really. And I think, because, again, we, we talked about the trade deadline earlier in the show, I think this team is really lacking that third tight end. I think they are. And Hayden Hurst, I don't think trading Hayden Hurst was a bad idea. Replacing him, or not I, replacing I him. I think we're not idea. missing the third tight end. We're missing the second tight end. Because right, yeah, because Boyle's know. not that guy. No. But a, like a Hayden Hurst type player. You know, Boyle's the third tight end on this team. You know, he he should be the third tight end right. here. And right. and so, yeah, we are missing that. We had to make some adjustments. We are throwing the ball, uh, uh, you know, quite a bit more. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I just think – you know Hollywood is probably getting frustrated because he's five foot nine, uh, hundred and eighty something pounds, and he's having to block so much. Um, how that's got to be frustrating. And then yeah, he gets loose, he he gets open, and then not getting the ball thrown to him, that's going to frustrate you. And and he and it took its toll on him uh, Sunday for sure. And and Devin Duvernay, I mean, he got what you know, he got one touch, and that was it. Man, we've got to find a way to get this guy the ball. He's a playmaker. We got to got to turn him loose a little. And I think you got to find a way to get Prochet because some of these routes that they run, like Greg Roman, like I said, it's an unpopular opinion, but I believe Greg Roman called a good game. However, I do feel that he can, like, yeah, the Greg Roman getting fired rumors, stop those, please. Like, just yeah. stop it. Like, stop those going. are ridiculous. That it is ridiculous. We've lost five games in the last two years. Chill out. We're going to be fine. Greg Roman, I will say, I don't think it's a bad idea for him to get a little more creative passing the ball because that's obviously where, because running the ball, the running the ball is never going to go anywhere with this team. That's just, it is what it is. I don't, it doesn't matter who you have there on the line, we're going to be able to run this ball. We have too much talent to be able to not to run the ball. Anyways, the passing, man, it, right when this passing gets going, oh, man, like this yeah. leaves in trouble. Here, that's, the, that's my issue with Greg Roman. I'm not, I'm not an advocate for firing him at all, but I think his <laughs> – he's limited in what, you know, he designs as like, you know, his passing game, I guess you could say. I think it's very limited. It's not very creative. It's quite predictable at times, um, and so it makes for ugly plays. But I'll tell you, that was a problem I had with Sunday's game. But another thing I had was calling some pass plays. I mean, we're running, running, running. They can't stop us, and then all of a sudden we're throwing. Well, uh, you know, or or you know, it was second and short, and we're throwing up, you know, throwing like a silly, silly pass. My my two biggest pet peeves with Greg Roman in that game, and I know I know what you mean, because out of the half, for the first half we ran the ball all over him and dominated, and then the second half, the first one of the first plays out of the second half is a pass. Like just keep running the ball, and if you keep running the ball efficiently, I mean it's not brain science. I'm not trying to act like I know a lot, but 
it, it's just it, it's common knowledge. Like if you run this ball, it's going to set up the pass, and it's going to keep it more open. But one thing about Greg Roman I don't understand, and I want to go back and watch some more Bills film from when he was the OC over there, because when Tyrod was there, and Lamar Jackson is 10 times the player Tyrod is. It is what it is. But Tyrod was one of the most efficient passers in the league when Greg Roman was with him. And Lamar Jackson's ceiling is just so much higher, and Greg Roman can do so much more work with him. But Steve Young said it the best. I was watching Monday Night Football, and Steve Young was talking about, he was recapping the Ravens-Steelers game, and he said, it's a two-way street. He said, Lamar has to do a better job of executing on the field, and Greg Roman needs to do a better job of drawing up plays in the pass game and just making it easier for him. And that's the, really the perfect way to describe that. Yeah, I, I tend to agree there. I, I I absolutely agree. As a matter of fact, there. So I don't yeah. think it's I don't think it's right to blame it on one person. You know what I mean? Because it's really it's it's a, it's a team sport. I mean, it, it 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 comes down to execution. And like I said, Greg Roman called a really good game. And if Lamar hadn't if Lamar hadn't turned the ball over, we'd be having a totally different discussion right now. It's just the fact that we lost the game and really lost it in that fashion that we really we, we had control most of the game, and then we just kind of let it go. I mean, it, it's it's really a I think that's why it's so tough for me is knowing that it was in our grasp and we threw it away literally. Well, we just we it, it seemed to me that we abandoned the run a little bit because I think most Ravens fans will sit on their couch or sit with their friends, whatever they're doing, just like I was, and and. Me and my buddy MJ, we're sitting here watching the game the first half, and I said, hell yeah, we're playing Ravens football. We're running the ball down their throat. They're, they're, having, you know, they're, they're supposedly this you know, great defense, and we're shoving it down their throat, and there's not a damn thing they can do about it. And then the second half, we come out, and we're just not running it. And that drove me absolutely crazy. So that was my beef with Greg Roman um, is that I listen I we should have been predictable we should have just ran it ran it ran it and make them stop us make make them make us pass the ball you know that was my opinion you know if it ain't broke don't fix it and we that what we were doing in the first half I just wanted to see that in the second half and that's what was very very frustrating and one of the things that bothered me the most is um Dobbins in the passing game can be so effective, but I feel like, and I could be wrong, I feel like I don't see much of that, like much of him in the passing game, which is criminal, man. Get him involved, and I think if you get him more involved, that's just going to open it up down the field. Well, Lamar, can... Lamar is trying to, uh, Lamar is trying to make a highlight play every, every time he, yep, Hear every time he has it, and. And sometimes it was like watching the Giants game last night and watching Daniel Jones. Oh my gosh, I, he you know he made some really really dumb mistakes in that game, and that was not that wasn't good at all. Watching him uh, do these you know he's throwing picks, he's getting taken out, he's getting taken out on plays, and he's 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 chucking the ball when he should have just taken a sack or he should have thrown the ball away um but regardless he was making some dumb dumb mistakes and that was it kind of reminded me of watching the ravens game um you yeah, know sunday I, you know I, just funny you say that because I, I literally tweeted that same thing out last night that's hilarious it, it is and, and it was just like lamar throw the ball away you know uh you know, just throw it away or, or, or check down, you know, hell, you should have learned that from Flacco. Check down Joe, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's some of the improvements, you know, but, but I'm optimistic about that. This is a learning curve. Listen, this wasn't a playoff game. Okay. We get to, we get to play again this Sunday. So let's build off of that. Um, you know, I, as far as like the bad and the ugly, I, I, our offensive line played pretty rough, but what could you say, you know, given their situation, um, and, and on top of that, going against that pass rush of Pittsburgh. So I don't want to really, you know, crap on them too awful much, but, but the referees, (laughs) You want to talk about the good. We've talked about the bad. Now I want to talk about the ugly, and the ugly is the referees by far. They made some really bad calls. There were some calls that they didn't make. 
the Matt Judon ejection for crying out loud. I, that one ref flopped like friggin' LeBron James. Okay. It was. <laughs> oh, so, you know that those refs really, you know that possible no call at the end of the game. You know, I think people will argue with me on that. Um, but the Judon ejection that really, really hurt us. That hurt the game for us. I mean, that's our, you know, our pretty much our best pass rusher. Man, and Judon gets so much slander. It's not even funny because people are like, "Well, I don't even see him when he's on the field anyway." Trust me, Judon is there, and we we, we mentioned it all the time on this podcast. Judon's one of those players that doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but if you look at Judon's pressure rate, you're like, "Wow, like he was pressuring that much." I think he's top three in like quarterback hits, so qu- quarterback hurries. Um, right, he's there, and man, it, that that's a big time ejection. And look, like I said, it's Judon's a big player. He's a veteran on this team. Is it Judon's fault in a, in a way? Yes, because obviously, I mean, you, you got to keep your composure. However, I do respect him going to bat for his guys and standing up for his guys because that's what you should do as a vet on this team, on any team, really. And um, I don't know. I, I That ref did flop, and I, I believe I had read that they went back and reviewed, I guess, everything that had happened, and Judon shouldn't have got ejected. But, uh, man... It, it it hurts because that's a that's a big time ejection and people don't want to act like it is but it it is he's yeah. a pro bowl that's a pro bowl guy with pro bowl numbers that hurt really yeah he's luckily, a guy that puts got, puts more pressure on a quarterback than anyone else on our team and we lost him you luckily know? we got depth there fortunately because Bowser played a pretty good game when he came hey in. Jalen Ferguson played a really yeah, good did. ball yes, game yes he did you know Ferguson you know he kind of stepped Set up that quite edge a bit. Yes, like I've never did. seen him before. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's a lot to build on here. Um, but, yeah, those refs can go to hell, you know, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Um, you know, that, they really hurt us in that ball game. I mean, we, we hurt ourselves, but they sure as hell didn't help uh, by any means there. By, did, did you see Mark Ingram's tweet yes, yesterday? I did. did you see he, that? He, uh, he hears the noise. He hears the noise. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was wondering what your thoughts were on that. Now, and, and maybe some of our listeners out there don't know what we're talking about, but a lot of those fantasy football players and whatnot are out there tweeting that, you know, Baltimore, what, should probably cut Mark Ingram, you know, insinuating that a little bit. But, you know, give J.K. more touches or give, you know, Gus more touches. And it really took its toll on Mark I mean, what what did his tweet say exactly uh, about? His tweet says, "quote unquote, they change up on you quickly, and the love they say they have, the have, or they have is only conditional. God's plan is always perfect. Stay down, twenty one. They can't stop what God has for you. Hashtag God wins. Hashtag Godfidence. Yeah. So I mean, read in between the lines. He he he. Like I said, he hears the noise. He knows what people are saying about him. Mark." And people will call for Mark and going to be released or after the season, and they're probably right. But don't take the ball out of Mark Ingram's hands because Mark Ingram is going to open up this offense, especially come January when he's the most experienced back on the team. Man, the Mark Ingram hate. It's not even really hate necessarily, but it's kind of disrespect. It is. It's not hate at all because we love him. We love him to pieces, as a matter of fact. Gosh, I don't want to see him ever go away. I, you know, there's guys that for I see them, and they're, I just want them to be like lifelong Ravens fans, even if they're only here for two or three years, you know, a.k.a. Steve Smith and guys like that. But Mark Ingram's one of those guys. He's a dog, and I love him. Um, but, yeah, you know, we're, next year maybe he's not really in the plans for next year, but let, we're not talking about next year. We're talking about right now. And that depth is is fantastic. And if we're gonna get back to what we uh, what we do best and run the ball, we absolutely could use him. And then now we've got <clears throat> Gus kind of closing out the games in the fourth quarter. Man, I'd love to see that uh, for the rest of the year. You know, personal opinion. And I, I, dude, I see them the craziest things like trademark Ingram and don't even let it. What? Here's what? the problem, people. There, there's dumbasses on Twitter. Golly, like these dumbasses on Twitter that that continue, like that play fantasy football that tweet the friggin' player, like who who was it? Was it McCole Hardman that says last week? Like yeah. I don't care about any y'all's fantasy team. You know, <laughs> if you something like you know drop me if you know like don't. T- 
tweet the players. They don't give a shit. They don't care. And that's what people are doing. They were all these people are out here posting all these tweets like, you know, free J.K. Dobbins, let Gus eat, you know, all this shit. And and they were like tagging Mark Ingram or or Baltimore should trade, you know, at Mark Ingram. What? And I'm like, oh my God, what, who are you, you idiots, doing this? Yeah, how can you not see that? How could he not see that? And, you know, I wish Mark Ingram were, were on this show right now because I would tell him how much I appreciate him, how much I want him, how much that we need him. Yeah, like, do you know how many teams would kill for Mark Ingram? Yeah, absolutely, Any team man. would be lucky to have Mark Ingram as a, as a presence in the locker room. His play isn't bad. Like, he's a good player. But, and look, and there's no denying that Dobbins and Gus Edwards are better players. But Mark Ingram isn't a bad player. Like that's what I'm, I get so irritated and frustrated with. Because I mean, you can say if he's regressing. He's not. Like he's a good player. There's not a damn him. part of him. I, I there's really nothing about him that's regressing. There's nothing about him that no, that all. I see that there's you know regression there. So Mark Ingram's a great, great player. Like, We're lucky to have yeah. him on this team. People quit. You know, quit tweeting him. You know, dumb shit. Please, because look. Dobbins and Gus are talented, and they showed up on Sunday, period. But if we don't have Mark Ingram, last year doesn't happen. We don't bring, break the single-season record. Stop. Stop. Just leave the guy be, man. Please. Oh, absolutely. So let's get the hell out of this ugly part now. We've gone through it. We've done the good, the bad, the ugly with that Pittsburgh game. And, and the great thing about it is it's behind us now. Um, we get to move forward, and and we, uh, you know, I don't want to foreshadow a little too too. I don't want to go down the road too much talking about that Thanksgiving game, but I am looking forward to it. But let's talk about before we get off the uh, off the air here before we end the show. Let's let's preview the Colts game this weekend. You know, give me some of your thoughts of what to expect here because we are talking about Mark Ingram being a little hurt. He's questionable for this uh, for this ball game again. In my opinion, I think they should sit him. I honestly think they should make sure he's healthy. We obviously know what we have with with Gus and with J.K. Let those guys do their thing again. Let Mark Ingram get healthy. I have no problem them benching him, letting him take this this game off again. But Jonathan Taylor's questionable. He's got that ankle injury uh, for the Colts, and and T.Y. Hilton is is a little questionable as well. Not that he's been very very effective much anymore. Um, but that is kind of a big loss for them. But what, what, what's your thoughts on this upcoming game? I love this game just because it's, okay, you go from a team like Pittsburgh that you should have beat, and now you go play the Colts. You don't go play the Jaguars. That's like just a team to beat on. You're playing some comp. And this game is not a lock by any means, especially considering we don't have Marlon Humphrey, and we may not have one or two or three of seven. We might not, not, we're not going to not have all seven, but there's very, it's very possible we're missing one of those seven players. So we don't really know what to expect yet, and I, I can't really speak on it too much until I see what we're dealing with. But I, I do think we pull this one out. I can't provide a score prediction, but I, I like it just for the sake of having uh, a competitive game. And it's, it's just another great team to play like Indianapolis is no slouch they're five and two like you had mentioned earlier and Philip Rivers no one no one's horrified of Philip Rivers but this is a, a team we could see in the playoffs yeah this they is. they may have the best offensive line in, in the NFL right now and that defense is great too the defense is no no slouch um I think at I, one point they were one of the top defenses in football. I year. think their biggest weakness, man, is Phillip Rivers. You know, him, <laughs> oh, yeah. thro- him throwing up those flutter balls, and, and, and I can, <laughs> I, I'm serious, man. You know, and I like Phillip Rivers. I like <laughs> I the guy. I don't. I I <laughs> like him. I like him, but this this it's hard. He's a hard hard player to watch play, man, and. um you know, their running game really <laughs> had a hell of a day on Sunday, man. You know, Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines were blowing up, and, you know, Taylor was, was obviously not at 100%, and it doesn't seem like he still is. You know, he's nowhere near that right now. But that offensive line's tough, and it's going to be even tougher if we're missing some of our pass rushers, you know. Um, man, like we, there's, It's very possible we go into this game without Bowser, um, 
Judon. That's that's very possible. So I mean, our pass rush would be Jihad Woolward, Jalen Ferguson. So, and against a Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith led line, I don't know how comfortable I feel, but. Now Man. you got Yannick Ngakwe too. Don't right, remember, right, right, right. Our new, our new shiny little toy. <laughs> um, but I, I still like the way we match up. I hope we're not missing too much. I'm really, I'm, I'm gonna miss Marlon Humphrey. I really, I, I could have seen him having a pick in this game, um, causing a turnover, punching the ball out or something. But I still, I, I just see Baltimore putting some pressure on on Philip Rivers, and and I can see some some. Some turnovers via interception. I don't know about fumbles; those are hard to predict. But uh, I could see some, uh, I could see some interceptions easily with the way that Philip Rivers is throwing the ball. Yeah, and I, I, when I watch, like I try to watch Ravens podcasts and just anything really Ravens, just to get insight throughout the week. And people will talk about like like Marlon Humphrey's absence and Ronnie Stanley's absence. It doesn't matter who's not on that field as long as number eight is out there. We have a chance to win any game. But what I'll say is, he's the one I'm really looking at for this Sunday. I really want to see a bounce-back game from him. I want to see a an efficient game above all. And I think it's important for him. I think he needs, I think he doesn't really have a choice but to bounce back this week. And I think to do it against a team like the Colts would... I mean, I don't think it's going to necessarily change people's minds, but I think this is a great step in the right direction against a potential playoff team. Yeah, and we're playing in the we're playing at Indianapolis. We're playing in a dome, so there's not going to be a weather issue there. You you, you don't want to call this a get right game by any means because the Colts are a damn good football team. Um, we could lose this game, you know, depending right. on players that you know if we if we're missing players, or if Baltimore just can't get over you know the the I don't know the you know the Pittsburgh loss. I guess you could say if they're kind of dwelling on that. But they can't because they're playing a very, very good football game this Sunday. And, I mean, now we're at that point where these games are, like, it's week nine. And we, like, almost not every game. We're going to make the playoffs. That's what it is. But, I mean, if we lose this game, do you ultimately hand Pittsburgh the North? Like, I mean, it's it's getting to that point. So, I mean, I don't think we really have a choice but to uh, win this game. And we, five and three. Yeah, you know, Pittsburgh still has to play us again. And they've right. got to play Kansas City. Do they play Kansas City? Don't they? I'd, I mean, I mean, if we played Kansas City, so I would imagine they play Kansas City, right? Let me check. I don't think I don't think they do. Okay, never mind. I might have just uh yeah, see, they don't play Kansas City, and that's really oh, where it gets tough. Oh, how late. Yeah, they, yeah, you know what I mean? Because oh, you got to look whatever. at their schedule because they, they play Dallas, Cincy, the Jags. Us again, Washington, Buffalo, the Bengals, the Colts, and the Browns. So, I mean, the the Chiefs are really ultimately handing them a loss. But, um, man, if we lose this game, we're really digging ourselves a hole. But I, I do feel that we'll win this one. I don't know how we're going to win it. I don't know what fashion we're going to win it, but I do think we'll pull it out. Man, they do have a cupcake schedule. Don't they? Don't they? Oh that's where, that's where it comes into Like That's why it's such a tough like that's what I. That's why. Dude, they play the they play the Cowboys next. Right. Yeah, they play that's Cooper a, Rush. That's a that's a craptastic team. Then they play the Bengals, which is okay, but still the Bengals. Then you play the Jags. Then well, you yeah. get to play us again. Then you play the Washington Football Team. Um, yeah, yikes, yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Because if we lose this game, I mean they would have to lose twice, and then we would have to beat them on Thanksgiving. And then I get, what does it come down to? Like, say there's a tie. I forget. I always get bad with this stuff. So if we have a tie, what does it come down to? Division wins, is it? Yeah. Yeah. See. And so listen, we're not gonna we're not gonna lose this Sunday. I think Baltimore's gonna come out pretty pissed off, and I feel bad for the Colts because they're gonna catch it. They're gonna get it. And um, that's all I can really say about that. And I think that. one thing we got in our favor here is this is one team that hasn't ever seen Lamar Jackson play. You know what I mean? Like, we've never, like, this is Lamar's first career game against the Colts. So I think that benefits him. And typically, when Lamar plays a team for the first time, it doesn't turn out well for the other team. So, I mean, so as long as Lamar Jackson wakes up on Sunday and shows up to Lucas Oil on, on time, we should be good. Yeah, so, you know, it, it, something's going to have to give. Uh, you know, because their defense, the Colts' defense, I, 
they're top 10 for rushing and, and passing yards allowed. Um, so, yeah, something's going to have to give, and, and I think that we're going to have to break their will, and we're going to have to run, 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 and uh, get back to that Ravens football, if you ask me there. So, looking forward to it, to say the least. Looking forward to it. Well, Always. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Blake, I think that does it for to, uh, for tonight's show. Man, I, I hope next week can be a, a uplifting podcast. I don't want to do a good, bad, ugly next week. I want to have a, a good, good, good. Yeah, the good, the good, and the good. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want no COVID. I want no loss. I, I just want to have a good podcast next week. Please. Yeah, I'm right there with you. But uh, we want to thank everyone for listening tonight to tonight's episode. Um, you know, be on the lookout for us next week. Like we just said, we're gonna have a good one. We're gonna have a good, positive uh, podcast, and we're gonna get back on track. And uh, you know. You know, do our thing, play Ravens football there. So uh, for myself, uh, for Ramey, like I said, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Everyone, please stay safe out there. And don't forget, go Ravens. Go Ravens.